Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophets Speak. Today we are going to study Yirmiyahu, the prophet Jeremiah, chapter 18. I am Saul Weinreb, the host for the podcast. Thank you for studying with me together. We just finished chapter 17, in which the prophet complained to God that he didn't see justice in this world, that God says that there's justice, God says that he knows the hearts of man, but Yermio didn't see it. And God responded without answering him, simply by giving him another job. And that job was to warn the people that if you change your ways and you do better and you observe the Sabbath, then I will save you and your future will be fine and secure. But if you don't, and God has asked Yermiyahu, has asked the prophet to uh, explain to the people the error of their ways on many levels, but God chose the Sabbath particularly for that particular message, to stand at the gates and warn the people, when you come here, you must honor and recognize the Sabbath. And we discussed how the Sabbath is a symbol of someone who has trust in God as opposed to trust in human beings. Now, continuing on that theme, the idea that God is the only one who controls the world, God is the creator of the world, which the idea of keeping the Sabbath is meant to um, commemorate, which is meant to demonstrate, God is going to demonstrate this idea again in another way. And as we've seen many times, the God asks often asks the pro prophets in general and Jeremiah Yirmiyahu in particular uh, to do something uh, concrete that can convey a message, something which people can visualize and see and understand the message. So here he is going to ask Yirmiyahu to um, go to a certain place in order to see a concrete message, something that he can use to try to get the message across to people. So verse 1, The thing, the word, which came from God to Jeremiah, the message that he was supposed to convey to the people was as follows. I want you to go down to the um, house of one who uh, makes pottery. The house of a potter, his his workshop. That is where I will speak to you. That is where you will hear my prophecy. So Jeremiah says, I went as God told me to the potter's um, workshop. And he was there. He was working upon his potter's wheel. He was making pottery. And as probably happens often enough, while he's making the pot, it broke, it didn't work, the shape didn't come out right, so it broke. Bachomer, uh, while it was still um, uh, in clay form, in the hands of the potter. He made a little mistake, it didn't turn right or whatever. So what did he do? So he took the clay and he made it into a new object, um, destroying the old one and now making a new one. However, in whatever way the potter saw fit to make. In other words, the potter saw how much clay he had, he decided what he wanted to do and build, and he went ahead and he did it. And then, when I saw this happening, 
That's when I heard God's word. That's when I heard the prophecy. And this was what it was. Can I do just like this potter is doing to you? Can I do deal with the people of Israel just like the potter deals with his pot, says God? God is talking to Yirmiyahu and he's saying lachem to you. This is you in plural. And, and um, <clears throat> again, God is including Yirmiyahu among the people of Israel. We saw this in the beginning of chapter 17 as well. Behold, just like the clay, the raw material, is, is able to be formed and shaped and broken and reformed and reshaped in the hands of the potter, so are you, you people of Israel, in my hand, the house of Israel. In one moment, I might say about a nation or a kingdom, I might declare that it is time to, to uproot it, to destroy it, to crush it. And then that nation will repent, that nation will return, that nation will learn their lesson from its evil ways. That nation against whom I spoke. And if they do that, I will change my mind. I will, I will reverse my evil decision and I'll change my mind about the, the bad that I wanted to do to it. In other words, the de declarations that I make are not declarations that can't be changed. They can be changed by the behavior of the people against whom I declared. The same thing that can happen the other way around, God says in verse 9. At another moment, I might speak I might speak about a nation or a kingdom that it's time to build it and, and plant it and, and, and make it strong. And then those people will choose. They will choose to do evil in my eyes. They will choose not to listen to me. And then I will regret and change my mind regarding the good so that I said that I was going to do to this nation. That is the way it works, God says. And now Now I want you, Jeremiah, to go and bring this message to the people, to the people of Judah, the people, the residents of Jerusalem, and say as follows. So says God. I am going to create evil, create from the same language used as the potter creating, the potter building. I am building something bad. I am ready to smash this pot. The thoughts in my mind are the thoughts of someone who is about to crush the vessel. However, I'm begging you, please return. Please return from your evil ways. Make your ways better, Umal Alechem. Make your actions better. Start acting more just. Start acting more kind. Change your ways. And then, and then, there will, I will, I just like the potter can then take his raw material and remake a new pot. I can do the same for you and I can change my ways. The Amaru, however, what the, will they say? I know what they will say, God says. No ush. We have given up. The words no ush here could mean, Rashi seems to understand it more as, as we don't care. I don't care. 
We are just going to go after our own ways, what we think is right. And each person is going to go on his own evil path, and that's what we're going to do. Another way of understanding Noash is we have given up. That's how the Radak understands it. We have given up on trying to follow God. Yeah, once in a while our ancestors, maybe even we, for a couple times in our life thought, I'm going to try to do good. We've given up. Imagining an alcoholic who said, you know, I've tried stopping, but it didn't work. I'm not going to try anymore. Forget it. I'm just going to take a drink. L'chein, therefore, so says God, I want you to ask among the nations. Remember, in, in chapter 16, we saw how the Yermio said, the nations one day will recognize and realize and they will come back to God. But the people of Judah, it's written in with an iron pen on an iron plate, right? Their sin, they're not going to change until the, the punishment happens. They're not going to just learn their lesson. So God is saying, go look around. Mishoma Kaila, has anyone ever heard of such a thing? Sha'arurit osetom od petulat Israel. The the besula of the the maiden of Israel, which is a kind of very endearing way, the one who was so beautiful, so wonderful, so perfect as 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 a child. Sha'arurit osetom She has done something disgusting. She's done something abhorrent. She has done something terrible. Here, I'm going to lay out the image before I read the verse. It's a difficult verse to translate. I'm going to be translating this verse in the pattern of, of, of Rashi. The, imagine a person who's thirsty, a person who's standing in a field. It's hot, he's thirsty, he doesn't have water. And he comes upon, at the foot of a mountain, a rushing stream of cool water, which is the most fresh, fresh water from the melting snows from the top of the mountain, flowing down it's a cool rushing water. Would a thirsty person not drink from this water? This is the freshest, coolest, most delicious, cold, fresh water. Would he not drink it? This is an image that we're... I'm about to read this in verse 14. An image of, a per, of the, the, the Jewish people. They're people that they have a need. They have, they have, a, they have the the need to prosper, the need to grow, the need to nourish, the need to, to raise children, to raise families, to, to, raise, to be a nation. And I've given them the way, the Torah. I've given them the, the laws of the Torah. I've given them the teachings. I've taught them the rules of justice and morality. I've taught them all of these things. Shouldn't they want to drink of that? We have seen many times the metaphor of the Torah being considered the, uh, as water. So Hayazov Will a person wandering in the field, will he abandon the melting snows of Lebanon that are flowing over the rocks? Will he leave such water? Will one will a person abandon or forsake the um Water that comes from faraway places that's flowing quickly and cool and fresh. Does a person leave such things? This is this is this is like like gold. This is the most valuable thing possible for a person to have. Does a person abandon such bounty, such something that he could drink of, something that he can use to nourish his soul, something that he can use to remain healthy and strong? 
No, no, who could do it? It's like, like the, we said in the previous verse, Mishomako Eila, God says, who has ever heard of such a thing? How could this nation forget me? Verse 15, My nation has forgotten about me, me who is providing them cool, fresh, beautiful water in the form of the truth, the truth itself, the Torah itself. Instead, they go and they bring their incense and worship nonsense. And falsehood, in their ways, their false leaders and prophets led them on on roads, on, on, on their false roads, instead of going on the pathways of permanence, the pathways of forever. Instead, they decided to go on these crooked paths, paths that have never been built, paths that are crooked, paths that have rocks, paths that have so many obstacles, instead of choosing to go on the proper path. Because of this choice of theirs to abandon the fresh, beautiful waters of Torah and instead to choose the crooked paths of idol worship and immorality, therefore, their land will end up becoming a destroyed place, a place where the entire world just just uh, hisses at it, screams at it, uses as it an example of 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 absurdity call over Allah. every anyone that passes by it show will look at it and and just shake their heads and wonder at look at this destroyed land look at what these people did to their land like the strong easterly wind when the wind comes and just blows them away that's how i'm going to blow them and scatter them across the earth because of the enemy that comes to attack them. I will show them only my back, not my face. When God shows His face, that's representative of showing us kindness, of showing us goodness, of showing us love. Oref was when God turns His back. That's one way of understanding that this... this um, uh, this that's how the Radak understands it. Rashi learns that this means that the people themselves will show their backs and no longer their faces, meaning that they will be running away and that the enemies will see their backs and not their faces because on the day of Yom Edom, on the day of disaster, I am going to be the enemy will be chasing them. And now these are we flip to the words of the Prophet. And the prophet is now talking to God and saying, I'm giving this message. You're telling me to give this message, but this is what's actually happening on the ground. Vayomru, this is what the people are saying, Yermio, that the prophet tells God. Let's find play, uh, plans and ways and devise ways to harm the prophet. Machshavos, they are thinking plans and, and plots in order to destroy me. Because they're saying, This Kohen, remember, Yermio was of a priestly family. He will not stop teaching us Torah. He will not stop trying to give us good advice. He will not stop the Dovar Minavi. He will not stop telling us these prophecies. The Malvin points out these are three things, and all of which Yermio was trying to do. He was trying to teach them to keep the Torah. As a religious teacher, he was trying to tell them Eitzah, good advice. As a political leader, Vidavarmi Navi, he was trying to give them prophecy um, about the uh, about the future um, uh, results of their ways. 
uh, you know, the, the, the consequences of their actions as a prophet. And all of, he's not going to, excuse my language, he's not going to shut up, is what these people are saying. He's not going to stop. So the only way we can get rid of him, let's go and strike him with our tongue. Let's yell and scream. Let's no longer listen to any of the things that he says. The only way we'll get rid of him is if we can get rid of him. Let's, we don't want to listen. He's not going to stop talking. He's not going to be quiet. Hakshiva Adonai, lie. The prophet cries to God, please God, listen to me. And listen to the, the voice of the sounds of what these people are saying about me. Can good be repaid with evil? I'm trying to do good here and they're trying to do bad to me. I'm trying to save them. They've already dug a pit for me, for my soul. It, this means both uh, metaphorically and literally. They have dug a pit to throw me in, which we'll get to a little bit later. They're literally plotting to get rid of me. Remember my position. God, remember before you where, I'm, where I stand. I have been standing in front of you and praying and asking for their salvation and begging you to save them. You know that I've been praying that you take your anger away from them. But instead, this is what they repay me with. Therefore, tenets b'nehem l'ra'av. This is kind of difficult to read. The prophet asking for God to take vengeance against his enemies. But then again, it's also understandable given that he's trying and trying and trying and never giving up on them and they're still harassing him to this extent and literally plotting to kill him. Let their children die of hunger. Let them get struck down by the sword. Let their wives lose their, their children and let they be widowed and lose their husbands. And their, their, their men, their soldiers, let them be struck down by the sword. Their young men that, that, that go out to war. Let them be struck down in war. Let their houses be full of crying and mourning, because you're going to bring upon them um, um, troops and enemy soldiers, because they have dug a trap to trap me, and they laid uh, traps for my feet to get ensnared among the traps. You know all of their plans to kill me. Do not do not um, <coughs> forgive their sins and their and their and their evil and their guilt don't erase from before you let them stumble before you let them uh, in the time of your anger do to them what they deserve this concludes chapter 18 uh, with these very um, strong words of Yermio towards the people that were trying to hurt him uh, when they did not and refused to listen to the message that God was trying to deliver to the people that there still was a chance for them to change their ways. Thank you so much for studying chapter 18 together. Looking forward to studying chapter 19 and beyond together. Thank you.